Holy moly. Yeah, for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll yeah. take it. Yay. <laughs> All right. Caesar salad originated, originates from Italy, Germany, Mexico, or Spain. I actually know this. Uh, it's Mexico. Yeah. Hi. Whoa. Yeah. How did you know that? I saw it on a TikTok recently. Oh, did you really? Yeah. They, uh, <clears throat> the lady that I was watching, um, she was at the restaurant where it originated from. And oh, yeah? They showed the video of like the process of like how they make it and stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, because cool. here it says uh, if you ever tried Caesar salad, then you know how uh, delicious it is. I do love Caesar salad. But did you know for the first time it was made was accidental in a Mexican city uh, in Tijuana by the, the chief Caesar Cardini, who ran out of food. So he simply threw all the ingredients left to make a meal. Sounds crazy, but the best thing, it would uh, come accidentally. So what did you hear? So how, like, basically the process was, it was like, uh, it was like uh, egg yolk, um, anchovies, a little bit of mustard, uh, Caesar salad dressing, Parmesan, salt and pepper, olive oil, and then they have uh, just the whole romaine leaf. Okay. They don't chop it up or anything. Oh, okay. And then they mix it in with all of the ingredients, and then they just serve it to you, just the big leaf on a plate. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. look at that. Yeah, boy, like I said, I do love me and Caesar salad. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's go on back to Michelle. We're yep. talking. Michelle, you still with us? Yeah, I am. Okay, so anytime, like, if your dogs are either barking or, like, say, they're going after your feet or after the cabinets, okay, get a hair mister, plant mister, fill it with water, set it on stream, all right? Now, let's say you come around the corner, or let's say he's trying to lick you. Keep the, keep it with you for a while until he starts learning the word that you can get him to back off with the word. So what you're going to do is he, start, he looks like he's going to start licking and go, ah, ah, no lick, ah. And if he doesn't, blast, hey. No lick. As soon as he backs off, oh, very nice. Thank you. Don't say good girl or good boy. They get some all nutsy in the headsy, so they f- can't focus on the words you're trying to teach them. So anytime the dog does something well for you, you just very calmly go, thank you, or very nice, to acknowledge good behavior, okay? Yep. And so, so if he's- I have sprayed the Frenchie with a mister of water at times when she's naughty, and she just loves it. Well, so you can't be a mister. It has to be set on stream. Oh, and you have it, it has to be set on stream, and you have to have the voice with it. You got to give the growl, ah, blast, okay, no lick, okay. ah, blast, no lick, or ah, blast, quiet, or ah, blast, leave it. But in the first five, six times, but you got to get that growl in there, ah, and let them know that they're in in trouble. And then now, uh, after let's say you tried five times with the blast, now he's licking about ready to lick, go ah, 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 no lick, ah. If he doesn't, now the correction comes in because you want him to learn to listen to the word so you don't right. need the correction, okay? And so that's what I would do is use a hair mister filled with water, set on stream, and then get that growl in there. Ah, 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 leave it. Like if he's chewing on the cupboard, ah, leave it. All right, if he's going after your feet, leave it. If he's barking, quiet. If he's uh, licking, ah, no lick. All right? And so, so pretty soon they're not, I swear. They're just nuts. They're nuts, yeah. And I know once I can get them out for a walk, once I walk them, they're they're fine. Mm-hmm. Like, they're good. They're come in, they're tired, they're done. Right, but, but the thing is, is that then all of a sudden you're going to go from not being outside, like in 20 minutes, they're done, then it's going to be a half hour, then it's going to be an hour, then, all your, then two hours, because you're building an athlete. All right. And so the thing as the longer you walk them, it doesn't tire them out. That's why mental games is what you need. Drain them mentally. Like I said, go on YouTube uh, and and Google or whatever you want to do it. YouTube uh, dog tricks. 
or dog tricks for small dogs or, you know what I mean? Uh, just okay. get yep. them thinking is what the main game of the game is, okay? Because otherwise walks okay. just build in endurance. And yeah, yeah, they need their walk, but they also need to mentally learn words and name their toys. Teach them to put their toys away in the in the, their own box. You know, work with them mentally, not just sit and pet them, okay? Yep. Okay. Right. Okay, I kiddo. Appreciate you. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. No, both. Well, yeah, because weekend is kind of almost over. That's the way it goes. Okay, who's up next? All right, so we have Sue on the line, and her question is, when 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 is that time for your pet? Is that time? Time to? Pass on. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Hi there. Hi there. Hi. So I have a 15-year-old Yorkie. Mm-hmm. and named Rocky. Oh, nice! And he's been a really good. He's been a good, a good guy. Although I will say, listening to these other people, I've gone through all of that with him yeah. over the years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're at the point now where he's, you know, I would say completely deaf. Okay. Mostly, mostly blind. Mm-hmm. Um, not completely blind, but mostly blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, for a while. You know, bad mommy, bad owner. I've been getting up with him for years and years and years in the middle of the night. Um, anyway, I couldn't, he was, couldn't console him. He was just sobbing in the night. Like during the day, he's quiet, but at nighttime, I think it was in the dark and he was maybe scared or something and he would just cry and whine and wasn't in any pain, but I don't think, but just unconsolable really. So I went, took him to the vet and they did give me trazodone to help him be calm at night just to, just so that he could, you know, well, so both of us truthfully could function. And, um, and you know, he's, my husband thinks now maybe he's a little bit just doped up a little bit. Yep. But he's not as interested in food as, and he's always been like, you know, as if he's never been fed before. Right. He just like, yeah, yeah. Attack his bowl, his bowl. Okay. And, where uh, did he sleep? Was, where did he sleep? Does he sleep? Well, for a long time, he would sleep in our room. And then we've been crating, he's been crated for maybe a year now in the, Mudroom downstairs. Okay. Um, and so and he still goes into the crate without any problem okay. um, at night. Okay. Um, personally, I, personally, I what I would do here is that I would bring the crate into your room. Okay. okay. Because they, the dogs do get, uh, you know, uh, uh, dementia, you know, to a degree okay. and such like that. I would bring yep. him because uh, he's losing his senses, his hearing, his smell, you know, and stuff yep. like that, his eyesight. Then they start feeling feeling very vulnerable. And when you feel okay. vulnerable, we want your mommy. <laughs> and right. so I would I would put him in the room and maybe have a nightlight at his level. And so okay. that he doesn't feel like he's in the dark all by himself, even though he's starting to okay. lose his eyesight. But they still, you know, that's still some shadows that they can see. Right. Okay. And then yep. if like if he starts to you know whine, just you could just not hit the tick kennel, just tap tap tap. And even if he can't hear you, you know, in your voice, just stay quiet. You know, just yep. so he knows you're there. He can smell you're there. He's not all okay. by himself. That okay, mom okay. is close at hand. Is what I okay. would do. I would not use. I'm not a. I'm, I'm. I try to use people drugs as little as possible, even for myself. I try to find some right. natural stuff. Now, is this the only dog that you have? Yes. Okay, what you can do is you could try rescue remedy. And so you can get his liquid and you can put a, yeah. a drop or two in his water. Okay. okay, and then just once a day. You don't have to do it every day. Okay, that kind of okay. calms him out a little bit. And then there's called stress free complex. Okay. Stress free complex by springtimeinc.com. 
okay. they're tablets, and you'd have to crush them up for a little guy like that, all right? But uh, then you can just mix it in with the food. And so then that kind of steadies them out. And it's all natural, so you don't have to worry about it building up in the kidneys and the liver and such like that, all right? Okay. And so, but now as far as knowing what time, uh, a good sentence is, is that, okay, toys. Uh, is he still interested in his toys? If so, how interested? Is it really starting, is it starting to fade? Whereas he's just like, yeah, just hold me. Or does he still have a little, you know, a spurts here, there? That's good. All right. Uh, uh, how does he eat? Is he like, bring it on? Or is it like you put it in front of him and he's like, yeah. Right. Never mind. So you, each week you should gauge and, and look at it that way. His inner activity, you know, with okay. you know, with the family, with you, and just life in general. You know, now if he's on treadmill, ten to one, he'd be sleeping a lot. And so, uh, but you know, you can't really gauge by that. But that's the thing is that when the dog starts, kind of like either one, and also a good gauge is is that they start like going to places that they don't normally do. Uh, let's say they normally hang out in their kennel and all of a sudden you look in the kennel and you can't find the dog. And here he's in the corner behind it, you know, a chair, all right? If they yeah. start going to different places and it tells you that they're kind of lost, you know, their d- dimension might be setting in. They're uncomfortable. Right. They're trying to find some place that they can be comfortable with. So if the dog starts going out of character, worse and worse and worse. And then the big thing is, is that their appetite hits the t- hits the skids. And then yep. never, ever force feed a dog. You know, if no. they don't eat, they don't eat. And then you yep. just uh, just move on is what it is. And so, but the biggest thing is to gauge your activity. If does he still want to go for a walk, maybe it's only a half a block out and a half a block back, but he's willing to go. If he goes to the door and he's, you, he, you know, you go to the door and he turns and runs, well, maybe not so much. <laughs> and so yep. that's what you got to do. You've lived with this dog for 15 years. You know this dog. And so you, you can tell that, okay, what's the quality of life? You know, I'm not going to wait till you're running into walls. And, you know, I mean, that, you you know, we're actually more humane to our animals than we are to humans at times as far as what, you know, we want them to, you know, leave with dignity. And so that's right. what the big, the bigger thing is. There's a, a book called So Easy to Love, So Hard to Lose by Lori Captain okay. Kaplan, okay. K-A-P-L-A-N. So Easy to Love, So Hard to Lose. We talked about this last week. And then um, minpets.com. Org, I think it is M M N Pets dot org or M. I can't remember. Um, com. They have a really good group. Uh, uh, you know, a, a hotline that you can ask your questions to. Okay. Um, now, obviously, if you, you're going to make arrangements for the, the and you know, uh, John from uh, Pet uh, Pet dot com is one of the best ones. They can come to your house, uh, and it's just, it's literally a turnaround, you know, to take care of them. But he's got a lot of resources, too. Uh, uh, Pet Cremation, M-N, you know, Minnesota, M-N.com. Mm-hmm. And John can help you. His staff is really, really good. And so, okay. but that's the whole thing is I, and is to pre, you know, we're going to lose them in, 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 when we lose them, we are in such a heartbreak. It's hard to make decisions, you know, and so do things now how you want everything. So when the time does come, you've already made all the decisions, like what earn or whatever type thing. And so it's, it, it goes a lot smoother. So you might want to look into that. But as far as okay. him, I would bring the kennel up into the room. I put a nightlight at the, you know, we don't know how much you can hear, how much you can see. Uh, but, ju- but just the feeling that you're in the room, you can sense that and smell that. That might help him relax and be a lot more at easy, a lot more at ease. All right. Okay. Okay. okay? Yeah. I mean, immediately says that, you know, you, that the dogs tell you, but I'm like, mm-hmm. 
I think that I think that Rocky does have a little bit of doggy dementia, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Like, oh yeah. Yep. 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 They I do. Think, but so see, he's also like there'll be a week where I'm like, okay, it's getting really close, and then he bounces back. He's like, he's got like he's on like life twenty five or yep. 20, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. It's no. crazy, you know. Because, it is. It is. Like I told the kids, my kids are out of the house. And I told them at Christmas that they needed to say goodbye because I thought it was like super imminent. And yeah. now we're here in February and he's like, yeah. And that, you that know, that's what not, they do. It's, is not, they, it's not tomorrow. Right. <laughs> they, yeah. They, they rally, they go up and down just like humans do too. You feel sick one week and the next week, Hey, I got a second win, you know, but yeah. the thing is, is just each week, you know, does he like, you know, have a, like a little questionnaire to yourself, you know, how is he eating? How does he like in his toys? Is he like, and what is it? Is it one, two, three, four, five, you know, grade that. So as he, you see him starting to slip and and, and dogs do have dementia. And so, whereas it's almost, they stand in the middle of the room and go, and why am I here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he actually, like I work, I've been doing a lot of work from home and he'll be sitting next to me on the bed perfectly calmly uh-huh. and then he'll get up and walk into the hallway and start barking his head off and I'm like, I'm yep. right here. Like, yep. We were yep. right beside you. I'm still yep. right here. Oh, exactly. Like, well, I go stand in front of him and I give him, you know, I pet him a little bit and he's like, oh yeah, there you are. Yeah, yep. like, yeah, yeah exactly. Right yeah, no, that's <laughs> it. Especially when they start losing their sensories, you know, like right. I say, their eyesight. And they're yeah. hearing, and then that's where they get a little bit worried, and they bark about it. And and my Gilligan, he's been doing that now. He's thirteen, and so he's like, all of a sudden, I'm like, really? He's out in my office barking. I'm like, you didn't see me leave? I knew you were right there. <laughs> right. But, right. Th- but that's right. the thing, though, is that you got to take some of them. But it's only when his quality of life, you know, he's having accidents left and right. He has a hard time moving. Right. He has a hard time getting up, and he just kind of stares and looks at you and says, "I'm done." I'm tired. Right. You know, and so right. they, they do tell you. So, okay. okay. All right. Thank Good you luck. For your help. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, it's tough. Okay, here we go. Does McDonald's company have its own university? Yes or no? Does McDonald's company have its own university? Yes or no? We'll be back. All right, here we are. Okay, does McDonald's company have its own university? Yes or no? I actually do know this one too, and it is yes. Yes. Okay, a little book. Fill us in. Well, I only watched a little bit of a documentary that they filmed okay. on Hamburger University, it's called. Yes. So that's it's in the, the West Loop of Chicago. Yep. Which offers a bachelor's degree in hamburgerology. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a true hamburger lover, now you know what you can study and when you grow up. Hamburgerology. There you go. Hey, there you go. Is that get, cool? Did it get a degree in... Burgers, I guess. I guess. I don't know. That's pretty. Boy, look at you. You're just coming. See, look at this coming up with real facts. Real facts. Right there. Yeah. Okay, let's head to the phone lines. All right. So, our next guest is Jen, and she has a question on behavioral problems. All right. Behavioral. I hope it's only dogs, not husband, wife, or kids. (laughs) Okay. Hi, Jen. How you doing? Hi. Hi. Um, First of all, love your show. And I am calling because. I have an issue with my dog, who is, let's see, about a year and a half, and has always kenneled up at night to go to sleep. Not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. But um, for the last about month or month and a half, um, at night, um, she will run down the hall and hide in the corner, or go in the bathroom and hide. And I've gone in, and she's actually been shaking. And I, I don't know of anything that happened um, to explain this. Like during the day when I'm going to put her in her kennel, no problem at all. And in fact, um, the other night when I went to get her, she was barking, um, like I call it her mean bark, and and like she was going to bite me. Really? And so I'm very puzzled by that behavior and just wondering, one, any thoughts on 
maybe why, and then two, on how to remedy the situation. Okay, what kind of dog? Um, uh, American Eskimo. And how old? And a, a rescue, so a lot of different things. Okay. And she's a year and a half. Okay, and how long have you had her? Um, I got her at two months. Okay. Oh, okay, so now how long ago, she always went at nighttime. Your nighttime yes. routine was, did you tell her, okay, let's go to bed, and she'd go to her kennel? Yes. Okay, and then, so then, and uh, everything's been fine up until when? About a month, um, about a month. Okay, now, let's try to reverse here and think. Now, when, about a month ago, let's say you say we were going to bed, and she decided maybe to go to another room or whatever type thing. Did you, uh, like, go after her? You know, say, hey, you know, let's get to bed now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, first I would say that before I even asked her to go to bed, it was like a time. She would say 9.30, she would all of a sudden go down the hall. We haven't said anything about going to bed. Okay. And she's, and, and she's like, she's a little bit going into hiding mode. Okay. And so then I've just left her until it's time that we're going to go to bed. And then I'll go down. I'll say, come on, bedtime. And um, night, night. And, and she won't, um, she won't go. She'll just stay in the corner. And then you go and pick her up and bring her down, right? And I have picked her up, but now I'm, um, I'm hesitant. Yes. I don't want it to be a mean dog. Right. I don't right. want her to bark and bite. So right. That's why I I want to check myself and find out what's a better way to do it. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Thank you for calling. Um, who knows? The only thing I could think about is that one night she decided to just be stupid, and then you mm-hmm. got a little impatient and kind of like get to your kennel, hurry up, let's go. You know, and okay. she and she, and, and if it's got American Eskimo, and they're very smart, clever dogs. All right. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. I would do for the next couple of weeks here is that. Um, like, what time do you, do you go to bed the same time the dog does? Um, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, what I would do is maybe about, oh, 8 o'clock, I would mm-hmm. put the leash on her. And so mm-hmm. then you're, and just so that she has to just follow you around, all right? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you're doing. You know, if you're watching TV, just sit on the leash. You know, just ignore her. Don't look at her. Don't touch her. Do whatever type thing. And then when it's time to, you know, go to bed, I'm normally not a treat trainer, okay? Mm-hmm. But what I would do is, uh, you know, just you get up and you're going to bed. And then when you get towards the kennel, just get say kennel and just p- pitch a treat in there and say good night and shut the door, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So that she does, you don't give her the chance to go past the kennel and now you got to go get her and the whole kit and caboodle right think mm-hmm. ahead of her right now try to break the cycle whatever turn flip the switch here that made yeah. her go on the defense we don't know but if you mm-hmm. sit down and think you might be able to trip on it it might have not been you and it might have been somebody else that mm-hmm. you know was going to go put her in the kennel and got a little you know rough with her or whatever type then not rough but you know what i mean get in your kennel <laughs> and anyway mm-hmm. uh so that's what i would do is that for the next two weeks at least, and then let her drag the leash, okay, where she, you're not sitting on it. And because what we want to do is reset the clock that hopefully she mm-hmm. sees going in there at a certain time is a positive. But now this way mm-hmm. here, she's dragging the leash. So if she mm-hmm. does, you know, like go to another room or whatever, don't say anything. Just walk into the room and pick up the leash and say, let's go. Don't say anything to her. Now get to the kennel now. Nah, nah, nah. No, just, mm-hmm. have, just if she goes to another room, you just pick up the leash and say, hey, let's go. And like I say, I would just throw a, a little teeny beat, a bit of treat in there for her or a favorite toy, you know, in there mm-hmm. for her. So it's a positive. And then mm-hmm. um, be because all the other times she goes in the kennel and there's no problem, correct? Right. And so what I did to try and break the cycle is now I take her out right before she goes to 
to the kennel. Okay. So now I've got her on the leash. Okay. And I take her over by the kennel. I say, and then I say it, you know, and she'll, as soon as I take the leash off, she'll go, she'll go in. Yep. But I am concerned about just that reactive response of that I call mean bark. And then that she, I think she might've wanted to bite towards me. Yep. And, uh, and so I don't want that to come up, um, I guess I'm just worried about that. Right. If your if your dog is cornered, like in a corner, under a table, under behind a chair, and you keep coming directly at them, that's consultational. They don't realize that you're not going to hurt them. All they know is that they feel that you're upset and that you yeah. might hurt them. And so that's okay. why what you got to learn to do is you never go towards, it's just like you never, when you're going to go pet a dog, you never go directly towards them and reach out because that's computational. You do side profile. A side profile, whether it's just your head sideways or your whole body sideways, is a calming mm-hmm. signal to a dog, all right? So like, let's say she's in the room wherever she went, you know, you turn sideways and tap your leg at eye level and you'd glance okay. over at her and then glance away, glance at her, glance away. See, Come on, let's go. We could do this. Another thing, too, that gets a dog to move without you going towards them, squeak a squeaker toy. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Let's go. Good job. And then when she comes out of there, don't reach for her. Just go to another room and maybe shut the door that she ran to, you know, and then, you know, move her along and say, okay, kennel. Very nice. Very nice. But don't go reaching for her. The, The dog has to come into the situation on its own. The minute it gets dragged out into a situation, okay, what's going to happen is they go on the defense and they remember that and so then now it, it puts fear into them whereas that situation of you coming towards them and reaching out to them so that's why it should be a side profile and then what you do you have a bag of tricks squeak 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 a toy or she's got her favorite like mousy look at i got mousy let's go you know never find yourself going to the dog and dragging them okay Okay. Yep. Okay. You know, I also. Okay. Hold on. Hold that thought. We got to run to break. It's that time. So hold that thought. So let's discuss it a little bit more. Okay. Which of these animals has its Caleb meal? Tiger, alligator, bear, zebra. K e b a b. K e b a b meal. Whatever that is. Okay. We'll be back. All right. We got. People are waiting. Okay. Which of these animals has a kebab meal? Tiger, alligator, bear, or zebra? I guess I don't understand this. Okay, like a like a kebab, like uh, it's on a skewer. Yeah, that's what I would say. Meat and vegetables. Yeah. Huh. So that's what I'm. But you know, okay. See, believe it or not, you can find the alligator kebab in some restaurants menus. You ever had alligator? No, I know that the state fair. I think they got they you can eat alligator. Have you eaten it? Yeah, it's uh, it's tastes like chicken. <laughs> that's what people say, but no, it's like really gristly and chewy. Um, I, it's it's tough, I would say. Okay. So, want to recommend? Because see, well, bears are really you got to cook bear really good because bear is greasy and yucky. Yeah, you don't do it right. So that so the alligator is the only one. So now I understand. So the the, the alligator is the only one that has you can be put on a kebab. Oh, I get it. Okay, obviously tiger. If you kill a tiger and eat it, ooh, that's not gonna be good. No, they're gonna come at you. <laughs> <laughs> eat a tiger? That's wild. Not good. Okay, let's. Uh, where are we at? So Jen Jim, Jim, is still Jim's, on the line. Jen, uh, okay. Okay, and so oh, I got so into he gave you now the new coach for the Vikings, and all of a sudden my brain went to limp. <laughs> what were you talking about? Well, we were talking about a behavioral issue with my dog in the kennel, but yeah. you gave me some really good advice there. However, I, I do have one more question, and that's while I was waiting for my call to come through, yeah. I heard you talking about dog parks, yep. and um, you don't want to have mean play. 
And so we play in a neighborhood with another dog, sometimes two, mm-hmm. in a backyard, and they'll drag each other around and they'll wrestle. I mean, tails are wagging, but to me, sometimes it almost looks mean, and I don't want to have a mean dog. Right, and so and what you just... On- it's, it's just like when two legged are playing in the sandbox, all right? Yep. Your moms will step in and, and give them a timeout. You'll come back mm-hmm. here, have a glass of water, cool down, blah, 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 and then they can go back to play. And so when the dogs start getting over the top, then it's time for the owners to step in, put them on leashes, let everybody mm-hmm. just kind of breathe, you know, just kind of settle down, and then mm-hmm. turn them loose again. And so by, hey, 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 be nice, be nice. So they learn to play, but don't go over the top. Okay. And so what do you mean by learn to play? Like what what do you consider over the top or just nice play? Over the well a, a nice play is where they're not like ramming each other and they're not dragging each other by the collar or the head or <laughs> or by the leg, yeah. all right? Whereas yeah. they they're, they're um, kind of rolling on their backs or having a little bit of the fun. Maybe they might play tug of war with each other, you know, where you got a tug toy or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. and they, or they're chasing each other and then it's kind of like gotcha and then it turns chains around and then it's another. But if you if it starts escalating like the sounds you know the growling so a lot of dogs will talk while they're playing but some of mm-hmm. them it, it, it gets it's uh, you can hear it uh escalate all right and so now it's going over the top they're getting too involved too crazy that dingers you not know, calm down calm down and so that's where the owners have to come in and just go hey 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 that's enough let's just, just play nice play nice and if you have to then put them on a leash so that everybody can calm down and then uh, let them go maybe after five ten minutes depending on them, them just and then they just learn to like you know chase each other, play with each other, but not like broadside each other, grab the ear, grab the tail, and start dragging them and stuff like that, or around okay. the neck. You know, just the main thing: watch, listen for the sounds, and then watch. There's sometimes all of a sudden you'll see a dog just looking for the exit. The tail goes down, and he's like, "Okay, get me out of here. This is too rough for me." And then you, you that's the time you got to step in also. All right. So, mm-hmm. but it's just like watching two legged kids play it in the sandbox. You know, you can feel, okay, there, what are you going to wait for until there's blood before you step in? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. just get that feeling. You know that, okay, this is getting a little bit too over the top. It's time for mm-hmm. a timeout. That's the main name of the game. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. Well, good luck. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. See if I don't write down sometimes and I get sidetracked. I got a good re- I got a good memory, but it's very short. <laughs> okay, who's out next? All right, so we have Sarah on the line, and she has a question on blastomycosis. All right, hey Sarah, how you doing? Hey, I'm okay. Good. And you're asking this because you are dealing with this, or what? No, we just lost our dog this week um, to blasto, yep. and we're still just kind of baffled by it because we really didn't see any symptoms until the week before and then they said it was pneumonia they were treating her for pneumonia and then they took did an x-ray and sent it to a specialist and then she died that day they said it was blasto yeah yeah, but it affects the lungs. And what it is, it's picked up for, like with dogs, is a fungus infection. And that's why antibiotic, we just did a show on this, I think about three, four weeks ago with Dr. Jess, is that what it is, is it has to be treated is because it's a fungal infection. So it has to be treated by a fungus side, you know, not antibiotics and such like that. How you treat a fungal infection. That's the only way to get rid of it. And how it's picked up is the dogs that run through and pick up the mold and such like that, like in the woods and such. And then, okay. like in uh, ponds, sometimes you can pick it up, you know, wh- whereas it's kind of like dead, um, 
dry or dead moist material and as they're running through they're kicking up all these spores and they inhale okay. them and then all of a sudden they've got an infection and i had a person in Allah almost lost their german short hair that was only like eight months old to it and luckily oh. it wasn't that it wasn't far in advanced and it didn't wasn't a severe case but if that the thing is is that if they uh, that's what you don't want to tell a vet their job but the thing yeah. is if you even submit submit suspect blasto you got to get those uh, you know treat a fungal infection immediately not a bacterial infection it's a fungal uh, infection is what you have to do uh, asap and some of them can't pull out there's been dogs in 24 hours that have been dead mm-hmm. you know and it can happen okay. that fast and so that's why until so like this one uh, he was running the fields the week before and then as the week got, went on towards thursday friday he was not himself so they brought him uh-huh. into the vet and so anyway so then she called me and i'm like god that sounds like blasto i saw so i called you know dr levy and i said what's your thoughts well no, they got to treat it as a fungal infection not as okay. a bacterial or a virus but a fungal infection and that's the big problem you know uh, with it and it has to be diet and like i say it's uh, some um owners are really lucky at you know getting uh, it, it, it just doesn't happen within 24 hours. You know, it's kind of a slow deterioration because they don't have a huge amount of it. But, um, and, but like I said, antibiotics doesn't work. It has to be a fungal, it's a fungal infection. So you have to treat a, like how you would t- treat fungal infections. So what do we do to prevent it? I mean, we better raw diet and, yep, yep. you know, didn't over vaccinate. Right. You know, did, looked into the titer test. Right. Uh, only seven and, I just, and see what like, this was is nothing that you did. It was called environmental. She kicked up some spores running through the woods or whatever. Some, you know, like I say, dry decay matter, you know, type thing. Some, some, some that fungal. That's what the problem is. You know, there's nothing you did or did not do or could have done better. What it is is a wrong place at the wrong time. You know, that's what happens when the dogs run through the woods. They can kick up anything. And the more moist it is, and you would think because of basically the drought last year, we wouldn't have yeah. that have that big of a worry. But then we did get some rain. We got some snow and we got some moisture. And then the, the fungal stuff can, you know, come, you know. That's what you can do is just look up fungal infections and become more aware of them. You know, Google it or whatever type thing. Because that's what it is, fungal, and it has to be treated accordingly. And there's different ways, I guess, you know, I'm not a vet, so there's different ways to treat the fungal, and it's a whole different ball game compared to infections. Okay. So we live on a little hobby farm over here in Osceola, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, we've got a 100-year-old barn, and we've got chickens and horses and, yep. you know, geese and stuff like yep. that, and cats. I yep. know that sometimes she'd go in the kitty litter box. Oh, yeah. You know? yep. Do you think any of those? might have contributed to no, it? No, it's usually okay. it going through, like I say, the woods, you know, like down trees, leaves that are on the ground that, you know, have gotten, you know, you know how the mushrooms pop out of nowhere underground, you know, type thing, or if yeah. you got dead rotting, um, whatever you call it, in your tree, trees in your yard, you know, sometimes when it rains or whatever, the, the mushrooms pop, pop up like along the root system of trees. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't have to be super, super wet. But no, as far as the actual farm, not unless you got, you know, there it is usually dead down tree areas where, you know, where you get spores of like mushrooms and such like that, fungal problems, like rotting so wood. Is it- odd that she would get it in the winter when it's just been a frozen tundra and she's just a cold baby anyway so she hardly ever goes out yeah now i'm not a vet but she could have had it earlier in the fall and it's just it's gotten progressively worse 
That was oh, a okay. that's a possibility. And that he, she just oh, didn't okay. kick it up right now. Just like like say this one get you know, that their dog started getting worse and worse at the end of a week. But I knew a gal that lost her dog in twenty four hours to it. And so sometimes okay. it can get in there and then it just gets in there and it you know, she had a slight case of it, just like pneumonia or whatever. And then as you proceed, yeah. if you don't notice it, all of a sudden there it's right there. Oh my god, what are we gonna do now? You know, so yeah. you know, so I don't think she my guess is she could have picked it up this past fall. But like I said, okay. I don't know because I'm learning. That's why we talked about it. Um, if you look on, I, I think it's about three weeks ago on on the, my past shows, we talked about blasto, um, and then Doctor Jess said that it has to be treated as a fungicide. But just kind of learn yeah. you more and more about it. And so, like I said, it's nothing you did or did not do. It's just kind of environment, wrong place, wrong time. And, you know, okay. that, unfortunately, that happens. And, yeah, it's very devastating. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially when you go... I, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I have another question, sure. too, for you about, um, you know, keeping our dogs, like, not over-vaccinated and everything. And, you know, when we do go look out at a shelter or something to rescue a dog, they always want to see all your vaccination records. Yep. And, you know, yep. how... Where do you get a dog? How do you get a dog if, you know, we're really not vaccinating? I mean, we kind of lied. To yeah, oh yeah, yeah no, I get it. I get it. But, you know, the, the you thing know. is, is that sometimes you can, if you're in contact with your vet, there's sometimes like an owner will die and need to find a home. Or you put like a, a bulletin board around town, you know, looking for, a you know, a, a dog. <laughs> you know, if you don't have anybody that needs to find a home for a, you know, just give us a call. You can do it that way, too. You know, so oh, instead okay. of going through the rescue and so, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's kind of a, a catch 22 here in many ways. And I wish some of the rescues would rethink some of their policies is what I wish. But, yeah, so yeah, I do too. Yeah, I know. it. And so okay. I know we need to have, have a little meeting and just kind of say, now does this make sense? <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, if you're a good dog owner and you're, yes. you know, giving them a raw diet and exactly. over vaccinate, I mean, can Ex- they work with you? Yeah, well, that's exactly. <laughs> they see and many, they won't, and many won't, and many won't adopt out unless you have a fenced in yard and see now like yep. in that bothers me because um, there's some people that just, you know, the dog is going to be like an indoor dog or they're not going to be a, you know, outside, you know, type run, run dog, you know, it's a smaller yeah. dog. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just like some things I think I feel need to be reviewed and, uh, yeah. hopefully that we can change some things and make it simpler. But I also understand yeah. from the rescues, they try to make it hard in some ways so that they don't get the dog back. They do find the dog's forever home. So by putting yeah. rules that you know that person willing to jump through all the hoops are really serious about the situation. You know, so I yeah. do understand that end, too. Not just to be handing them out like candy canes, you know. But, oh, right. yeah, you look good. You got a good yard. Okay, fine. Oh, no, no. You know, so I do understand where they're coming from, too, because that's the worst thing, though, in the world is they get a dog that, you know, somebody has for two weeks. Oh, we don't want it anymore. I'm bringing it back. But if they make it right. kind of harder for them, then people really, really want it. And they've got an investment in emotion, time, and money to make it all, you know, work. But like I said, some of the rules I think are a little that they need to tweak a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, well good luck. And I'm so sorry much. for, I'm sorry for your loss because I know how devastating that can be is one minute you got a healthy dog and all of a sudden, you know, you don't and it's, they're gone. I, I, I totally understand that. It's a very, it's a very big head scratcher. Like really, really. 
So, but just learn more about it and help pass the word, you know, so that it, then you also to recognize, you know, things because with fungal infections, I guess there are some things that if you're aware of them, that mm-hmm. you're you're more on top of it. And maybe things could, you know, if it happens again, that you're on top of it and it will be treated as a fungal and not a bacterial. Okay. Right. Okay, kids. So sorry for right. your loss. Bye-bye. Thank you. You Thank bet. You, Bye-bye. God, that's a bummer, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's the worst thing when you got a happy, healthy, you know, it's the same with the human. You know, you're happy, healthy, and then you're gone. It's like, well, what happened? It's just, yeah, it's crazy. What was the name of the first humanoid robot? The first humanoid robot. Was it Rotocop? Electro, Electro, Human X, or Robo Man? We'll be back. Hey, we're winding her down for another Sunday of the KDK9. What was the name of the first humanoid robot? Was it Robocop, Electro, Human X, or Robo Man? Uh, I'm going to say Robocop. Ah, nope. That's a movie. Yep. <laughs> okay. It was Electro. The first humanoid, humanoid robot was built in, ready for this, 1939 Oof. by Westinghouse. Its name was Electro, and it was seven feet tall. But, like, why? I don't know. I'm just, like, not big into, like, robots, I feel like. Yeah. No, or I, AI or anything. It just kind of creeps me same out. Here. Yep, same here. Yep. I agree. I agree. But seven feet tall. If you're bigger than a robot, you wouldn't want somebody that, if it's some things should go bad. Exactly. You don't want it taller than you. You want it to be short. <laughs> Literally building the Terminator. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. That just, well, whatever. Yeah. Okay, who's up? All right. So we have Pam on the line, and she has a question on anxiety and car rides. All right. Hi, Pam. How you doing? Oh, hi, Katie. Can you hear me? You betcha. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> um, here's my issue. I have a 10-year-old um, rescue dog. Mm-hmm. I got him about six months ago. He is an English Springer Spaniel. All right. He can be super, I mean, he's, he is really super loving. He is kind of one of those Velcro dogs. Mm-hmm. Wherever I or my husband goes, he goes. Right. Here's the issue is that I'm not sure what happened um, for the 10 years before. We can't change that. that Pardon me? We can't change that. So we can't blame anything. We just got him now. How are we going forward? That's right. So he, the, the, the issue that I have is that I would like to, Go take him, you know, to some parks um, that allow you to have the dog on the leash. There are even some nice national parks and whatever. But he's afraid to go in the car. Okay. Um, I have a seatbelt in the in the back seat, and I have him on the harness, and I put him back there. But he's like howls and Wah! okay, and that's that's not working for me. <laughs> um, and then when we leave. He, he jumps up on the window and is like, whoa, 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 Okay, it's okay. so sad. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's dealing with some anxieties here, all right? First, let's try the inside anxieties, okay? The, what, people take it as a compliment when a dog follows them room to room. They're Velcro dogs, okay? No, yeah, that's not, not me. Yeah, that's not a compliment. What it is is that dog is scared to be by itself. So first, we got to install independence in this dog. we got to help him get through. And so what you're going to start by doing some maybe... Now, when you take him for a walk, how do you take him for a walk? Do you take him, let him scan in front of you, or does he walk next to you nicely? Uh, he's 
pretty good about walking next to us. Okay, good. And then yeah. now, when you're in the house, when you're going to go inside to outside or outside to inside, do you have him wait? You go through the door, and he has to wait for your signal to say, "Let's go." Or does he just well, go through I the have, door first? I've heard you say that so many yep. times, and so I try to make sure that happens. The same with going like down the steps, yes, or yes, whatever, or waiting in another room. But my husband doesn't do that okay well at least one of you is that's better than none of you okay, okay uh, but the whole thing is is what this dog needs is to be uh confidence and so that comes through teaching getting him to think hold a thought what would be a huge thing for him is that you could put him like in a down stay across okay. the kitchen while you eat dinner that would be huge all right where he doesn't he's not always right under your feet now is he kennel trained at all no apparently um they said in the notes that he, the previous owners, some of them huh? kept him in the kennel all the time and okay. he freaks out and he won't go in it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, so I don't have a kennel. Okay. So then what you could do too, is you can like tether them, you know, uh, some people put hooks, eye hooks in their floor, you know, and then just use a cable. So the dog oh, okay. has to learn to like, okay, he just has to stay there and hang out. He has to learn his place that he doesn't always have to be with you and around you and touching you that he's, and you just do it in baby steps. You know, um, you, what you do is you start like you go across the room, you sit down, maybe read a book, you know, may, maybe read two pages, stand up, go back to him and release him. you know, and then, you know, I mean, you just, you start baby stepping, you know, basically doing a stay and and then, um, right. right, and so then uh, then you, you want to be able to be, go out of sight and come back, and then go out of sight for longer and come back, and that he will be okay in his place while you are, you know, eating dinner or doing laundry or whatever type thing, that he's not always touching you, all right? That's the first yeah. thing. And then, and then um, teaching, like, uh, you know, brain teasers by Soderman, that, that book. Oh, right. Using yep, his yep. nose, that's great. Any input into his head, tricks, you know, Google it, find out some dog tricks. Start teaching him stuff so he's got other input other than where's my mom, where are they going, and then they're leaving me behind, all right? Input, right, input. I've you, been doing that. I've been doing, like, find with them, making them stay, sit, stay. Yep, and so you, right. And so you want to be able to be, keep doing that every day, at least a couple times a day. Like if you're just going down a hallway, it's going to be stay. You go to the end of the hallway, get what you need, come back, and then say, okay, done, and then move on. So he learns to uh, be able to just kind of zen out. Um, when you uh, to put a leash on, just a plain buckle collar, sit on three quarters of the leash when you sit on a chair, put your hand okay. uh, over the wrist of the other hand, and just place it in your, in your lap. Now, what you don't want him to do is try to come up into your face and give you kisses or put his paws on your legs. He cannot touch you. Right. He can't touch you in any way. What you're going to do is don't look at him. If he, he puts his paw on your leg, your hand is on your wrist and rest it in your lap. And so if he tries to come up, turn your head sideways because the side profile is a calming signal. Lean forward mm-hmm. with your wrist and your hand and give him a bump. Ah! Just like that, and then just relax. Here he comes again. Lean forward. Give him a head sideways. No, do not look at him. Okay, you just give him the ah with a bump with your with your arm. And so what we're after is that he gets content to just lay down without touching you and goading you. That he can zen himself out by himself. 
All right? And so that would be right. a first step. Just sit on the leash and ignore the dog. Don't look at him. Don't touch him. And you're going to do that three, four times a day. I got a minute, five minutes, a half hour. When people come over, before you open that door, you have them on a leash. And then when it's usually the first That's, 15 yeah. minutes to 45 minutes that the dog is nuts when people come over. And you're going to have them on a leash, so you're going to have control of the situation. And if you're all sitting around the kitchen table, you pull your chair out a little bit. You sit on the leash so he can't get to anybody. And he, he's just got to lay down and zen out all by himself himself without any help from you and then once he gets better at it just get off the leash don't unhook it and now he can go say hi to people but he has to just zen out before he gets that right to do it now he's being more responsible for his emotions all right sounds like something right. so simple but boy i tell you it really helps to high end high energy dogs and high anxiety dogs just sitting on the leash ignore them don't look at them don't pet them don't touch them nothing if you have a hard time remember not to pet them put your arms in your armpits so then you know don't touch the dog <laughs> okay i know it's counterintuitive because what you want to do and i and i know that this isn't necessary i know that's not obviously the right thing to do mm-hmm. but i feel like he's been through i don't know what he's been through but you know he needs confidence he's been through heck in his life okay but everybody has broken his confidence why don't you try helping him find his confidence by teaching him stuff by doing these okay. little things he no dog is too old to ever learn anything once you decide to teach him and that's what he needs more than anything is confidence he's got a house that's taking care of him and a great mom and dad but now you got to teach him something to bring that confidence forward so that you okay. can see his head is up his tail is up and he doesn't get worried okay gotcha okay thank you, you bet thank, thank you, you so much. have a great thank time have a great <laughs> bye bye and all thanks for listening thanks brian we did great next week is Uper bowl sunday and so anyway you guys take care train on and thanks for listening and sharing your sunday afternoon with me